Next on BYU Sports Nation, winning changes everything. How have your total win expectations for BYU football shifted after a momentous Big Ten beatdown? We go two-on-one with one of the top running backs in the country, senior Jamal Williams, on what BYU's all-time rushing record would mean to him. Plus, he quarterbacked for a BYU foe, and now he's coaching the QBs at Mississippi State. Brian Johnson joins us live. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, BYU Sports Nation Live and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. everywhere. It is Wednesday, October 12th. Yeah! Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, alongside elite flip-flopper, Jerem Jordan. Now, here's some controversy, okay? We love controversy, right? Uh, I never said I wouldn't use the word elite, period, right? I don't recall that. Maybe I did. Whatever. Um, I called Jamal Williams an elite running back on the Twitter. Because he is. Because he is. No, I didn't think Mitch Matthews was an elite receiver in college football, right? Um, and, and I felt like I won that battle, right? You, you still feel like you won that battle, even though he's getting paid to play in the NFL. Albeit on a practice squad. Are we going squad. there right now? Albeit on a practice squad. I'm just saying. You hate that. If you're an elite receiver in college football, why are you on a practice squad? <laughs> like, I'm happy for Mitch personally. You're not elite if you're on a practice squad on the worst team in the league. <laughs> like, I'm happy Mitch is getting paid to play football. That's different than whether I think he's elite or not. It's interesting, though, because you said BYU misses him a lot this year. They like, do. We t- did you take him for granted last year? No. I knew what he was the whole time. I called him very good. Just because I didn't evaluate him the same way doesn't mean I was uh, off. I called him for what he was, which was a very good college receiver. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Elite? What is the definition of elite? A topic for another day. No. <laughs> we're not going there, man. We just went there. You're right. We did. We just no, we're went. not going there with the definition. We just went there. So hey. many people are like, elite again? Click. <laughs> I had an elite time with an elite offensive coordinator, well, quarterback at BYU for sure, Ty Detmer He's last night. He's getting there with the elite OC mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there. yeah. I mean, you just beat Michigan State in 31 points. Not bad in East Lansing. He was part of the Lighting the Y festivities last night. Yeah, you hosted that. Which was really that. cool. Yeah, there, there was a roving reporter on the mountain. President Worthen was on the mountain. You look good. Oh, there was oh, there was a uh, there was a Samoan fire, fire nice. knife dance. That's shout cool. out to shout out to Robert and I the the Samoan fire knife dance. And the why the the why uh, was lit up, and the path was too, which is new because BYU owns the uh, some the path BYU was, owns uh, the mountain. Now. That was people holding lanterns. Wow, students! It, so this all was the like, way up the mountain. This was like tangled or something last night on Y Mountain. It was fantastic. Nice. It was so cool. It looked amazing. The why you looked turns amazing. on. And I had a good time emceeing that. Now, That's cool, man. In the conversation I have with Ty Detmer, I was impressed. He's dialed into all BYU sports. Yeah. Okay, because Jennifer Rockwood was there, too, the women's soccer coach. I did mm-hmm. interviews with both of them and at the same time. And we talked about Ashley Hatch. And I'm like, oh, man, BYU's got the leading score in the country. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. And he's like, it's, can you imagine – like one can, of our can top you players, one of our top players. Yeah, pretty pretty close. Yeah, getting called up to the national team 
He's like, what? Can you ma-? like, hey, Jamal Williams is going to get called to the miss. national team, so he's going to miss the Mississippi State game. Yeah, that would stink. That he's happens like, in soccer all the time. That would, it, but it does. Yeah, soccer is cool. so crazy that way. But with Ashley playing with the U.S. team and and her being out. But uh, by the way, she gets called up uh, Saturday. She'll miss the Portland game. So, exactly. So she's going to practice at Rail Salt Lake's practice field at five and miss the seven o'clock uh, Portland game on BYU TV. Which is why we were discussing that, and I was like, I didn't think about it from a football perspective, but can you imagine? Uh, Taysom Hill's not going to be available uh, this weekend, yeah. or Jamal Williams. I, I would love to see an American football team play anybody else. <laughs> the national be, team? We think basketball's bad. Look <laughs> out. The nat- that would be sweet. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Now two days away from BYU football hosting Mississippi State. Countdown to kickoff airs Friday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Our two-on-one with soon-to-be career rushing leader Jamal Williams coming up in about 30 minutes. And offensive coordinator Ty Detmer, speaking of the man, said yesterday he wants a stronger first-half performance from his offense. We moved it in the first half. We just shot ourselves in the foot a little bit on a couple of those drives. So uh, we got to start a little faster and uh, try to not have to be a second-half team all the time. How about this, by the way? Uh, BYU scoring margin by quarter. First, negative one. Second, negative seven. Third, negative three. Fourth, plus 31. So, yeah, starting a little faster would be awesome. Clutch. Absolutely. Jamal Williams is number seven on ESPN's top ten list of the hardest players to tackle in college football this season. He has forced the most missed tackles in the country with 35. West Virginia President Gordon Gee commented on Big 12 expansion yesterday, which means we need to go to the Big 12 Update Center. Decision 2016. A Big 12 expansion update on BYU Sports Nation. Alright guys, Gordon Gee in his State of the University address addressed Big 12 expansion saying, quote, I happen to be very enthusiastic about expansion, but I also understand it needs to make sense. We need to understand the opportunities and consequences, intended or unintended. Now, pause here for an editorial comment. This is where it gets real good, guys. Quote, <laughs> I really don't know if it's likely or less likely. Ah, I okay. think, I think that will be determined by our discussions we have on Monday. In other words... Come on. Yeah. Back to studio. Goodness. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. We still don't know anything. I would like to put those uh, quotes in context of whether I'm going to have steak or uh, salmon on Monday. It's likely or less likely. I really likely. don't know if it's likely or less likely. I think that will be determined by discussions my wife and I have on Monday. <laughs> Back to studio. <laughs> uh, it's Come been, on. It's been a while since we went to the Big 12 Update Center. The, the Big 12 meetings, by the way, are Monday. We think there might be some decision relative to, to the Big 12 coming out. There the will last, be something to stir the last, up the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's I, I think it sounds like they're not going to expand at all. That's what I think is going to happen. We'll see them. Cougars in the pros update, moving to basketball now. Kyle Collinsworth scored a point, had three rebounds and two assists and a steal in 12 minutes of preseason play yesterday for the Mavericks against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And earlier in the week, our guy Chase Fisher who was playing in Italy at 19 points, went four for seven from three-point range in yeah. a win, and Tyler Haas had six points and three rebounds in Poland for Anvil Wrocławek. <laughs> or something like that. We're, yeah, we're, uh, we're speaking uh, Italian, Polish, Chinese on this show now. 
Can we just speak English with dudes in the NBA? But no, it's fun. Rise and shout. It's a time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Winning expectations. If they get to six games, it'll be fine. If they get to seven games, it'll be very good. If they get to eight wins... I think this could be seen as one of the best performances in recent memory by a BYU team and coaching staff. ESPN's Trevor Maddich voicing his opinion on expectations and what-if scenarios. You know, it's amazing what a couple of wins can do Mm -hmm. for a team to energize them and a staff and an entire fan base, for that matter. Part of our discussion on BYU Sports Nation yesterday dealt with how weirdly fantastic it feels to be 3-3 and 500 on the season. Assistant head coach Ed Lamb said it best. 500 never felt so good. Considering what has transpired for BYU football in the last two weeks, expectations are changing faster than the stances of political flip-floppers. Yeah. Hashtag Jerem for president. No. Let's gauge and pulse BYU Sports Nation's opinion with today's Twitter question. How have your total win expectations for BYU changed six games into the season? Okay, One half done, second half coming up. First tweet, using the hashtag BYUSN, at Freedom for Troy. Been in every game and will be in all the rest. Jerem Jordan's hair would definitely be at risk if he bet against winning out. Hashtag step up. Okay, here's how I feel. They haven't changed for me. I said I'd give this staff an entire year to kind of figure it out, right? And so my expectations were pretty low, given the fact that BYU plays as many Power 5 teams as they play, which is, what, six uh, and would play four on the road and would have this tough start. BYU's been 3-3, three and three, which I think has been good. I'm thinking BYU's probably going to end up with eight or nine wins this season, but I'm keeping my number at seven because I would rather be pleasantly surprised than be like, oh, the disappointment of... It's like, no, this, this team is growing. They've been better the last couple of games. Jamal Williams has been better than we thought he would be. There was a learning curve with the offense. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it at seven, but I really do think that BYU is going to end up with eight or nine wins. Okay, so you're keeping it at seven. So that I can be like, yeah, they <laughs> exceeded expectations. You want the surprise. Well, you want to be pleasantly surprised. What if I say nine and they end up with eight? Would you be disappointed? I, I don't want to be. That's Would why you I'm be disappointed, gonna, though? If I was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna get nine, and they only got eight, it'd be like, ugh. I don't want to. I don't want to feel that way. Like we look back at a one and we go, ah, twelve and two. It was twelve and two. They were twelve and zero. But the way that season ended, you're like, Bleh. if you change your expectations, then then your disappointment or satisfaction level will change as well. Like, that's an accurate assessment of how two thousand one ended. Bleh. Seriously, seriously, that's 12 how and 0, it felt. Top ten, and then you know what I mean. But if you look back now and you go, hey, twelve and two, that's really good, right? I am at eight wins in the regular season, straight up which is right on par with what I expected from the get-go. That said, to be fair, my expectations may or may not have wavered after the West Virginia game <laughs> when BYU oh. was 1-3. and three. Oh, absolutely. And that's fair. At the time, it was a struggle, right? But then something magical happened. BYU found a way to outscore Toledo in that wild Friday night game, and they won in a close game after losing three straight close games. The Cougars... After being on the wrong end in three straight, incredibly frustrating for a team. And I said that after that third straight close loss, you know, at some point these close games should pay dividends for BYU because they're battle-tested in the crunch. Bang! Just like that, winning changes everything. 
And then they go and take that confident swing, albeit it was a two-point game-winning field goal against Toledo. They go on the road. Just win, man. And they ramp it up against Michigan State. Now, BYU is, or will be, as we look forward, favored in five of the final six games. If BYU wins on Friday, above five hundred, And then they follow... That up with a game against Boise State. Are you telling me if BYU wins three straight, they're four and three, that they don't believe they can go to the blue in Boise oh, and beat believe. that team? They'll believe. We don't talk about belief as no, much as we different. talk about it, winning and losing. It's though. different because someone's like, well, they went to Boise and Bronco was taking them over the defense a few years back. They had lost three straight games at that point. If they go to Boise this year, Winning three straight going into Boise is an entirely yeah. different dynamic. So did you say eight in the regular season originally? Yes, eight. With nine in the bowl nine game. With the bowl yes, okay. I'm right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that's, that's where they're going to end up. I, like, my mind says seven. My heart says eight. But you, oh, I listen okay. to my mind more than I do my okay. heart. Okay, and your blue goggles say nine. And my blue goggles say ten, Spencer. <laughs> that they're going to win out, dog. Where are they? Where are they? Yeah, Throw these, them on. These ones are the win out goggles. Ha! Oh, take down Boise State. Spuddy Buddy stinks. Yeah. A Boise, I can't wait to beat up Spuddy Buddy. BYU's schedule <laughs> outside of Boise State. Where is he? It, uh, it lightens up. Yes, there he is. There, there he is. little guy. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Give him dabs. <laughs> However, okay, so it, the, the first half of the schedule is understandably difficult, yes. and we have seen that pan out just how we thought it would. The back half? Maybe a little better than we thought. A little, a little bit three easier three in the back half. Me. Oh, wow, yeah. Okay, so let's take a look at the final six with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Listen up, buddy, buddy. BYU's final six opponents have a combined 16 and 17 record, okay? Compare that to the first six where the first six were 20 and 12. Like, are 20 and 12. Wow. 16 and 17, okay? So Mississippi State, 2 and 3. Classic trap game, by the way. We'll address this tomorrow. Uh, Cincinnati, 3 and 3. Southern Utah, 3 and 2, but FCS. UMass, 1 and 5. Utah State, 2 and 4. So obviously, Boy State... Swinging that number quite a bit, and BYU will be favored in five of those six. Join us on Twitter. Home. How have your total win expectations for BYU changed six games into the season? At BYU Broward says I would have been happy with the six and six at the start. Now I think eight and four is where we'll finish with Mm. the possibility for nine wins. Yeah, possibility is nine. Yes, that would be awesome. Can, Can BYU? I mean, should BYU go five and one in the back six? Probably. Minimum five. How about expectation that? now? Up next, Utah quarterback and current Mississippi State quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson joins us. How will his return be to Lavelle Edwards Stadium? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV, and our conversation rolling right now on the Twitter machine. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN to join the fun. And we'll have fun tomorrow at the BYU Store. We'll be live from the BYU Store on campus, formerly known as the Bookstore, but now it's the BYU Store. Come hang out with us at noon Eastern time tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. And then Friday, we're going to do the show from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We don't have – we're going to do it on the set. Uh, No room for fans on that one. But tomorrow, come hang out on Thursday. How have your total win expectations for BYU football changed six games into the season? Let's get to the Twitter machine. It's winter time. At Cisco Roo says, 
Yes, before the season, I saw a struggle for bowl eligibility. Now, nine and three is a real possibility. Do you expect nine wins? Or do you expect seven or eight? Listen, I expect eight, and if BYU can go into Boise State and pull that off, that's, that's gravy to me. I don't expect... To expect BYU to go into Boise State and win that game, that's a little much for me. I'm not saying BYU can't do it. I'm just saying to expect a win is different. Like, did you expect BYU to beat Michigan State? The answer is no, right? Who you, did? No, I mean, really, other than like, the team? Like, you wanted them going to compete, uh, go in, compete, have a chance in the fourth quarter. That exceeded expectations. Do you see how exceeding expectations feels way better than being like, I have this uber high standard and you met it? Like, if you're an Alabama football fan, if you don't win the national title, it's a disappointment. Wow! Right? That's, that's crazy. At Spencer Kenny BLA says, The only game I see BYU dropping at this point is Boise State on that hideous blue turf. <laughs> then he adds, Spencer Linton was right. Very dangerous game. Now, I was kind of out on an island before the season started with, what do you think is the, is the scariest or most dangerous game on BYU's schedule? And everyone's like, Michigan out. State, Michigan it's State, Michigan out State. It's that way, yeah. I said, Boise State, just, and it was because of when BYU had to play that game and the turnaround. I'm like, man, they've played Michigan State, Mississippi State, and they got to go up on the blue on Thursday night. Yeah. And, and they're ranked 15th. They're 5-0. and They'll be 6-0 and after they beat Colorado State this week, you'd think. And like the other games, let us have that one play out and see just how scary it is because at this point, what's been the scariest game for BYU? Tell me. I, I have to think about that. UCLA. Uh, UCLA, they were down 17. They were never actually really yeah. in it. They scored late to make it look closer than it really was. That was, a low, that, that that was, was the, the low game. point for BYU. Like yes. that's, that is the most the offense has struggled. The defense is good. But game to game. And that wasn't scary. You know what I mean? Like BYU's right. down 10 late. They couldn't put enough drives together. I thought BYU would score 20 points and win that game. They needed 18. And they needed 18. Yeet! Yeah, how about that? that, that one hard so to how have your total win expectations changed six games into the season? At SA underscore BYU fan says, after the game in Lansing, I drove to Ann Arbor's landfill and retrieved my blue goggles. <laughs> 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 that's a play on last that's, year. That's, that's very good. Really yes. funny. And BYU, by the way, lost, gave up 31 and lost. They scored 31 when they went back to Michigan. How about that? Holy cow. At Drew Weidman, before the season, I was thinking 10 wins. After four games, I was thinking four to five wins. Now I am thinking eight to nine wins. Yeah, I think eight is probably the uh, consensus if you had to pick one among the fan base. That's my guess, eight at this point. You want to know why BYU fans are so optimistic? Because Jamal Williams, the Jamal fence, Jamaling defenses is leading the way. Jamaling out. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. It's awesome. It's become a verb. When your name this becomes a, a verb, it's a big deal. This is the last verb dude that we've uh, you know, turned into a verb since Jimmer. The next J. I mean, there was some taseming after the Texas game, but not kind to of. the degree of Jamal. Yeah. Okay. Jamal J- fence. Jamal is entering Jimmer Jamaling. territory with his verbiage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's He's balling out. Dude. It's interesting. Jamaling out. We had the opportunity to go two-on-one with Jamal Williams post-practice, discussing everything from what the career rushing record means to him to who will be more excited, him or the offensive line, when it's actually broken. BYU Sports Nation two-on-one. Jamal, you have to answer a lot of questions, so I'm going to grant you an opportunity right now to ask us anything you want to open up this interview. What would you like to ask us? What's your favorite hobbies? Uh, I love going to concerts. Mm. Yeah. I, okay. love, I love concerts. 
All right, this one's for you. My favorite hobby? Yeah. I like spending time with my kids. And people are going to laugh at that and say, oh, father of and the year. I look like I don't like spending time with my kids. No, I didn't say that about <laughs> you. Like, that? He tried to one over you on the dad thing. <laughs> but that's the it thing. It worked. Like, if, if that is how I am happy, especially after, like, a loss, like, my kids make me feel better about oh, everything. Oh, do they? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the last couple of weeks have been better, right? Mm. Yeah. He okay. Never- anything else you want to ask us? Go ahead. Mm, I got it. All right. What's your favorite number? Uh, my favorite number is 23. My last name is Jordan. So. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have two favorite numbers, 11 and 21. He's so complicated. <laughs> I wore both of those in high school, 11 and 21. Oh, 21 I feel it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got 21 and 32. Okay. And 32. Okay. Mm-hmm. 32 around these parts, Jim Fredette, so that works too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to wear my sophomore year. Sophomore year of high school. Yeah. I'll let it slide for now. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, get 21 at Buell, yeah? 21? No, no. I had 21 mostly, oh, mostly all my life playing football. Mm-hmm. But my sophomore year, somebody already had it like in varsity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I had to get another number. I had 20. But my, my homeboy, Nico, wanted it. So I gave it to him, and I ended up with 32. But I'm like, well, 32 ain't bad. It was just, you know, it's just an awkward number to me. Kind of a basketball number. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a basketball number. Yeah. Although Jim Brown did wear number 32, didn't he? Yeah, that was like in the 60s, bro. <laughs> it's 2016, man. Hey, Old days. I'm yeah. trying to Old make day something good out Brown. of it. I'm yeah. trying to make something exactly. good out of that. Exactly. Okay, well, as number 21 for BYU, uh, you're enjoying – uh, a season that looks like it's going to be unprecedented in NBOU football history, and you're 60 some odd yards from becoming the all time career rushing leader. What does that mark really mean to you? Um, honestly, it, it means a lot. I'm grateful for it, but it, it should be like a shared award. You know what I mean? Like, it should be like Jamal. Actually, it should be O line and Jamal. You know what I mean? So it goes for the linemen, it goes for everybody blocking this year, and and my whole year is uh, playing football here, so it's just a. I feel it's just a team award, but I'm grateful to get it, and you know we're gonna get it this week because it's only like sixty some yards, mm-hmm. you know. And the line they over here, they already planning on me buying them stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna have to make my rounds on Saturday. Go ahead and buy them some McDonald's or Taco Bell, <laughs> Neaters or something. Is that how you reward them with food? That's yeah. what they want. Oh, that's perfect. They wanted, they wanted food. Some of them wanted a tattoo <laughs> on me because I do like tattoos, but. I don't know if I can get a tattoo of them. Of the O-line? <laughs> yeah. I don't, know I, I don't know what type of tattoo I'll get for them, you know? So I might as well just pay them in food. Yeah. Who's more excited about breaking the record, you or the lineman? It's probably the lineman, you know? I mean, I'm excited, but it's just I'm more of a gamer, you know what I mean? I'd rather win the game than get a record. But um, the linemen, they – I love my linemen. They, they love this thing. They love all we getting for this and – getting this record so i know the ones gonna be more happier than me is probably my lineman and then my mama she probably might cry i think she's gonna cry because she cried in the toledo one <laughs> so, <laughs> so she gonna cry i already know that but i think it's gonna be my lineman my mama and then probably squally squally gonna come up all happy with his grill in his mouth and everything so <laughs> those three those three they gonna be great BYU 1-3 after four games, now back-to-back wins, and the latest coming in convincing fashion against a really good Michigan State team. You have a chance to get over 500 after uh, you know a less-than-ideal start. 
can you pinpoint anything that's changed within this team over the last two games and now approaching Mississippi State? Um, I think since uh, the Toledo game, we just had our confidence up. We're ready to go out there and we're ready to play. Um, I feel like the first half of the season we we was just uh, going a little slow. You know, since the Arizona game to everything else, we just had to get into our emotion and, and playing our team game. So. Pretty much we're just going to play our game, worry about ourselves, you know, don't beat ourselves, execute, and we'll be fine. Was it just a matter of everyone getting comfortable in this offense, uh, or was there any dramatic scheme change? No, right? It doesn't seem like you guys are doing anything crazy. Nah, we ain't doing nothing crazy. We just getting to ourselves, you know. So it's our first year in this offense, and, I mean, we started out great Arizona, had our little bumps, but now I feel like we're back on track and we're ready to go. Uh, and ready to play on against Mississippi State. Let's talk about dancing, actually. So after the game in the locker room, you looked like you were having such a good time uh, with Kalani and Jack and Ty. What was that like for you guys? Oh, it was just fun. It was great team fun. You know what I mean? It was just we felt good afterwards. We was having fun afterwards, and it was great to see Ty dance. <laughs> Jack, I don't know what Jack was doing. Jack I don't was know like, either. No. I, I was like, do we know that move? Then Coach Kalani, he over here, I didn't even know he knew to dance. I don't even know it because I don't do – well, I do sometimes, but I got tired of the them telling me what to do dances, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's just hilarious that he knew he knew every move and where to do it. I was so surprised. <laughs> I was like, that's my coach. That's my boy. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Jamal, uh, as always, we thank you for the time. We wish you the best of luck against Mississippi State. Gracias, my middle-aged <laughs> vanilla man. You got it. <laughs> he, he had to throw that in, didn't he? Of course he did. He had a, to get classic, the middle-aged vanilla men in. BYU's never had a running back like him. I, I mean, the personality combined with the play, it's been awesome. And, and BYU's had some really good ones. And I've loved the interaction with the guys from the past, you know, and Luke Staley and Harvey Unga and Curtis Brown. You think about the last 15 years, BYU's had some all-timers. Up next, it's hard to follow Jamal Williams, but someone's got to do it, right? And it's going to be <laughs> Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach at Mississippi State. He played for Utah, played in LaBelle Edwards Stadium, and used to coach and play with Kalani Satake. What does he think of all of that? Stay with us. Portions of BYU Sports Nation brought to you by Brady Industries. Brady Industries, clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, hanging out live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. If you missed it last night, no worries. Right after our show, coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, it's after further review. It's one of the best hours of BYU football on television. They break down the Michigan State win and prepare you for it, Mississippi State. T-minus two days from BYU football hosting the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Only the second SEC game ever in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Countdown to kickoff starts at 9 Eastern Friday on BYU TV. And speaking of the Bulldogs, a man who won the Sugar Bowl, gave BYU plenty of heartache in 2008, and is now the quarterback's coach at Mississippi State. Brian Johnson joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brian, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. It's uh, we should start with this. Are you used to the sound of a cowbell in Starkville? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's an unbelievable tradition. You know, when I first got here, I, you you heard about it and you would hear it on TV, but I tell you, in in person, there's a there's absolutely nothing like it. It's a, it's an amazing environment and atmosphere uh, to hear those cowbells in Davis Way Stadium. 
Let's, uh, there's lots to discuss with this game, so let's get right into it. Uh, you know Kalani Sitake really well. He was one of the coaches on the staff. You were a fellow coach with him. What's your relationship like with Coach Sitake? Well, Kalani is, uh, has always been like a big brother to me. Um, you know, we're, we're extremely close. I've always looked up to him. He's done a great job. I'm extremely proud of him and, and, uh, and happy for what you know he's he's been able to do throughout his career. Like I said, I've known him for a really long time since uh, I was about 17 or 18 years old. So um, you know he's he's watched me grow up, and uh, you know he, he's a guy that I that I'm extremely close to. Brian Johnson, the quarterbacks coach at Mississippi State, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Is there anything you can tell us about Kalani that we can use against him as as leverage or you know something to tease him about? Well, I did. I did see him try to dance in the locker room the other day. Um, no, he's pretty good. Kalani's awesome. Uh, you know, he's, he's getting up there now. I think he had his birthday the other day, so he ain't getting any younger. I think he turned 28, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. What, what will it be like for you to come back, not only west, but specifically at the arch-rival uh, BYU's Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but this time as a uh, coach? Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to, to both play in that coach and play and coach in that stadium on uh, numerous occasions. So, you know, it'll be very, very familiar for me. Obviously, for our team, I don't know if – if many of our kids have have traveled past Texas, so this will be uh, this will be a new and exciting road trip for them. I'm I'm sure none of them have been around the mountains before, and it'll be it'll be uh, interesting for for them to uh, to get a chance to uh, experience that. I'm sure you've watched the film on BYU and and especially the BYU Utah game. Just add, maybe I'm maybe I am uh, wrong in that, but from what you have seen in that game and the Cougars' first six games, what have you what have you learned about BYU and and what do you want to do against BYU in Provo? Well, um, you can see that they're obviously a really well coached team. They play hard. They're physical. They're disciplined. Um, and they play with great passion and energy. I mean, I think it's a, a true reflection of uh, of Kalani and his personality on the defensive side of the football. Um, and our guys will be ready for the challenge. You know, we're, we're looking forward to a great game and a, and a big time atmosphere and and uh, with a lot of people watching. So we have a great opportunity to go out there and uh, and play on the national stage in front of millions of people and and uh, and go and play well. Let's talk about your uh, quarterback, uh, Nick Fitzgerald. He's shown he can be dynamic, ran for 195 against South Carolina, school record, uh, and he's only one of three QBs that has a game with 300 pass and 100 rush. I believe that was UMass. What is he capable of doing? Well, like I said, he, he has definite big play capability. Um, he's, a, he's a great runner. He's still a young player trying to develop uh, at the position. Um, but he has a ton of potential, and, and we see him taking steps and, and getting better each and every week. So um, this will be a, a new challenge for him to go and, and play on the road in a hostile environment and and, uh, and try to come away with a win. Brian Johnson, quarterback's coach at Mississippi State, with us on BYU Sports Nation. If you had one bit of advice to give to this team about what it's like to play in Provo, Utah, and the atmosphere they should expect, what would it be? Just to be ready for a physical ball game. Um, you know, this is, you know, BYU has always been a team that's been known for playing extremely hard um, and playing extremely physical. Um, and our guys have to match that uh, that physicality. 
uh, on both lines of scrimmage and and uh, and throughout the course of the game. I, w- I would say that would be, you know, my my one piece of advice. But e- each game is different. Each game kind of takes on its own personality. But I would expect this to be a uh, a very very physical game on the line of scrimmage. The team uh, BYU specifically that you played against and coached against uh, at Utah uh, was under a different staff uh, led by Bronco Mendenhall. What differences do you notice with this staff under Kalani Satake on the field? Well, um, you know, I think just basic defensive philosophy and structure is is, is obviously different. Um, you see a little bit more aggressiveness uh, scheme wise. Than, than obviously than what than what I faced uh, back in college, but you know some of the traits like you see are exactly the same. It's it's just a, a disciplined football team that plays hard, runs to the ball, um, and you know doesn't make a ton of mistakes and and giving up you know easy big plays. So you know it's definitely gonna make you work for for uh, for what you get on offense. Brian, give us an idea of the sense of urgency and opportunity that is this week, as you mentioned, live on ESPN. Uh, this isn't the start that you guys were hoping for this season, yet you have an opportunity now to kind of get on a bigger stage and, and prove yourself. Yeah, um, you know, and, and having a young football team is just understanding uh, the strain and the urgency it takes to win in college football. Um, and that's something that, you know, continues to improve each and every week. Uh, you know we have to we have to come out there and, and be ready to play at an extremely high level, right? and that is uh, that's the challenge even each and every week for for teams all around the country. As you kind of watch, you know you go through and watch college football on any particular Saturday, you see games that um, are completely opposite of of how you initially thought they would play out, um, and that that's the challenge of. of of keeping that inner scoreboard and, and playing with the passion and desire that's necessary to be successful um, each and every week. Follow him at BDJohnson3 on the Twitter machine. Brian Johnson, quarterbacks coach at Mississippi State on BYU Sports Nation. Continuing along what we're just talking about, Brian, Kalani Satake said that because of the adversity that Mississippi State has faced early in the season, that makes a team like that dangerous. And he would know because BYU is 1-3. Ask Michigan State how they feel about BYU being a dangerous team. How, do you consider your team dangerous right now because of the mentality you're bringing into this game? Yeah, I, th- I think um, you know playing with with a, a desperate sense of urgency um, to go out there and play your best each and every play is critical. Um, and like I said, and, and we've had we've had some some very very close calls this year, losing at LSU by three points, and then missing you know, and then not playing well in our first game and. And uh, and losing that game by one point, so um, you know I think having our team understand, you know that the, the effort and strain it takes to finish a college football game and win is extremely critical. And I think um, sometimes those are the best ways to learn those lessons. And, and hopefully uh, we can take that with us and kind of draw it from our memory bank as we move forward throughout the season. The matchup against BYU secondary is an interesting one, Brian, because BYU has the nation's worst defensive completion percentage. So quarterbacks are completing 69.8 against BYU, yet the Cougars are fourth in the country with 10 interceptions. What do you notice from this BYU secondary? Well, um, they're, they're always in, in, in position uh, to make plays, and that's why you see uh, they, they have a ton of interceptions that they're, they're around the ball. 
um, and they do a great job disguising coverages and, and getting in different looks. And uh, you know, it'll be it'll be an interesting challenge because I mean, since when you bring up that stats, people throw you know you'll see a lot of those completions are behind the line of scrimmage or against very very soft coverage, but. Um, it's not a ton of they're not giving up a ton of big plays down the field, so um, I think it's a little bit of give and take in that regard. Brian, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, we'll make sure and give Kalani a hard time about those dance moves that you saw. And if, if you feel like if you feel like showing him up in Provo, you're welcome to do that as well. <laughs> oh, no doubt, no doubt. He's uh, he's done a good job. I couldn't be couldn't be prouder of him. I'm excited to uh, excited to see him and get that opportunity. And I know he's excited to have you and uh, Dan Mullen, a couple of guys that uh, he's worked closely with in the past uh, in Provo. Great stuff, Brian. Thanks so much. Thank you. Brian Johnson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. And let's bring this full circle. So remember, Brian Johnson played at Utah, quarterbacked uh, against BYU as a starter Oh seven, 7 BYU wins that game, 4th and 18, Harvey Yunga. The next year, that's... That's a top 15 matchup against Max Hall. That's a Sugar Bowl year for Utah. Then Brian is an assistant coach at Utah. Now he's the Mississippi State quarterback's coach. He was the QB coach for Dak Prescott, so he, does, he did a really good job. Dan Mullen, the head coach for Mississippi State, was the QB coach 03 and 04 at Utah. 04 was a good year for Utah. Uh, then followed Urban Meyer to Florida. So Alex Smith, Tebow, Dak Prescott. Quarterback whisperer, right? And Dan Mullen and Brian Johnson have this strong connection to Utah against BYU. So this is a fun matchup, randomly against an SEC team. Um, but this game will be played this week next year as well, by the way. So Mississippi State, props for playing BYU on the road. Yeah, and if you don't like Cowbell and you're planning on going to Starkville, take earplugs because it's <laughs> going to be something interesting next year. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Our Twitter question, how have your total win expectations for BYU changed six games into the season at Cougar Bell? Says my expectations have not Cougar changed. Cougar Bell? Really? After you said Cowbell? Seven and five would be amazing with the schedule. It just works out that way sometimes. How about that? Up next, Max Hall compared Jamal Williams to, wait for it, Adrian Peterson. Big deal or no deal? BYU Sports Station presented proudly by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from the studio Bizzle. If you miss an episode of this show live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. It gets them every time. Every sixty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> hey, we'll be live from the BYU store tomorrow. If you're local and you want to come hang out, check it out. If not, uh, just watch or listen. We'll be uh, live from the BYU store. It should be a ton of fun. There's a high energy on these remote locations, just because it's it's different. Because they let us out, and there are people around us other than the seven like, people in the studio with oh, us. Instant feedback. Uh oh. <laughs> ah. Which sometimes can be bad too, because you're like, ah, oh, it was really funny. I get more nervous Crickets. in front of a crowd than I do here. Because it's just you and I talking. We have, what, one, two, three, four people in the studio with us here right now. Just, that's our happy family. So we're just hanging out, you and I. And then we get to the BYU store, it's like, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere? <laughs> our Twitter question today. How have your total win expectations for BYU changed six games into the season? At Cool Core says, I could see eight and four. For sure. Bo show. If Jay Swag Daddy can keep it up, no reason we can't be nine and three with a big win on the blue turf. That would be a really big win. I'm okay. Mississippi. Everyone. A lot of people are talking about Boise State right now. Be careful with that. Mississippi State. This is, this is your classic trap game. It really classic. is. Classic. It Emotional really is. Emotional high. Big uh, opponents down. Next week is big. Mississippi State. 
should not be taken lightly. Let's be cautiously optimistic, shall we? We shall. Okay, it's agreed. And it's also agreed that we play Big Deal, No Deal now. Big Deal. No deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Jerem using the word elite in talking of Jamal Williams? <gasps> no deal. He deserves it. He deserves it. This isn't preseason Mitch Matthews discussion. This is Jamal Williams who right now, is showing that he's one of the elite running backs in college football. He's, he's showing it. Yeah, I say no deal because he is an elite college running back right now, both yeah, numbers. Yeah. I mean, the talk about him, people are noticing him, it's NFL grow- scouts. Yeah, it's is he McCaffrey, Fournette, those guys? No, right? Those, those he's, guys are sneaking, dra- he's sneaking into that conversation, yeah, though. That's what's cool. He's like, I, I'm not sure if Jamal's getting drafted right now. Right into the NFL, but he's making waves that direction, which is great because he was a good running back. He's turning into something more than that now. Now, yeah, the elite conversation. You you mentioned preseason Mitch Matthews. Pre that, that, preseason when it started, it was a preseason conversation. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, let's let's keep up with that. Number two. Speaking of elite. Big deal, no deal. Mitch Matthews signs with the Cleveland Browns. I'll say big deal because it's cool that he's in the NFL in some capacity. Does it stink that it took uh, five weeks into the regular season for the NFL for him to get back on a team? Yeah, I would have hoped he would have been on a team earlier. And, it, and the Browns, they just stink. Like, that's not the ideal team. But I'm happy for the dude. Do you know how many guys that were great Nay, elite college football players would kill to be on a practice squad right now that aren't? It's hard to do. They're on the team. No, they're not. That is not always the case. I can tell you a bunch of elite college receivers that are not even on an NFL practice squad. Let's hear some of them. Okay, let's do that right now, shall we? Okay, what about um, who's the dude from Maryland three years back that everybody could not stop talking about? I'm, I have no I idea. can see his face. He's a receiver at Maryland, so no one knows who he is. Well, Darius Hayward Bay was a receiver at Maryland. He's in the league, because right? Because the Raiders drafted him way too high. Ben Bagley's Raiders that drafted him way, way too, too high. That's close to home. And he's That's been, a yellow card, Jeremy. He's been a bust, <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> name one other Maryland player ever. Uh, I have no idea. I can name lots of basketball Maryland players. Maryland football. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Who are, who are the other players, Smith? Wow, really? Okay, I'm thinking... Well, I'm on the spot right now, and we have to go. We have three more of these big deal, no deals to get to. So, give me a second, and I will come back with those names. Okay, I'm telling you, it is a big deal. This is my unimpressed face. Good. I'll, <laughs> I'll give it to you later in the show, man. I'll I'll give you that list if as soon league, as we're done with big deal, no deal. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you that not all elite, but most of them do. If you're elite in college football, why wouldn't you at least sniff the NFL? I didn't say you didn't sniff. And isn't Mitch Matthews sniffing the NFL? He's being paid right now to this be in va- the NFL. You think this validates him being elite, that he signed with the Browns in week six? Come on, dude. How many guys want to be in, a, in this position? You, have you not seen the NFL Network's preseason show? I know you've watched Hard Knocks. These are the outliers. The real elite players play in the league because they're elite. Okay, so if Jamal Williams isn't drafted, then he's not elite? Yes, correct. Elite, it, yeah, he's getting into that conversation. You just said he is elite. Right 
now. Okay, so what, what I'm saying, doing. what I'm, but you're you're qualifying it further if down Mitch the line. Mitch Matthews, at the midway point of the year last year, had had 850 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. The conversation's very different. Okay, but you can't have it both ways. Is he elite or is he not? Who? Jamal Williams. Depending right now, he's elite. In but if he doesn't, dra- if he's not drafted, then he's not elite. All of a sudden, that's no. my point. No, he. Jamal Williams probably at this point fringe draft player, draft pick. He's playing an elite. We're ta- we're talking about an elite player in college football. Is it validating to get drafted into the NFL? Yes, but the majority of the elite players are elite because they're good in college football and they get to the NFL too. What about Luke Staley? He was an elite college football player. He won the Doke. He was obviously elite. Okay, I agree. But NFL career didn't pan out, so does that make him not elite? No, because he was hurt. Mitch Match is not elite. Mitch Match is not elite. He's very good. He's in the league getting paid. That's all. Like It has to be worth something, right? So now the standard is just making the 53. So, so yes, George, so, that was the whole point of the whole conversation. I based it all so Jordan on if he Leslie, gets in the NFL. So Jordan he's, Leslie's elite, too. Yes. He's not an elite receiver. He's really good. He's not elite. Come he's on, in man. the league getting You're paid. You're abusing that word. No, and that's I am not, my problem that, I'm not it. abusing that. That's your opinion is what it is. So what's above elite? Like, what's Julio <laughs> Jones is what's above elite. <laughs> Okay, and he's like the best in the league, the maybe, best right? of the best, yeah. right? Okay. There's yes. a wide gap between Julio Jones and didn't, our guy Mitch Matthews. Didn't say there wasn't, yeah. but we're talking percentages. The percentages—it's like one percent of wide receivers in college football can get on a practice squad in the NFL, be paid to play. I'm not going to declare anybody elite for being on a practice squad with the Browns. <laughs> what in the world are you saying? I don't, I'm saying that it's hard to get on a, on a team in the league and get paid. I'm not saying it's not. That's, why, not that's why I say it's elite. That's why I say it's elite. <laughs> you just set the standard down here. So how do you go up from oh that? Oh, my goodness. I love this conversation. You You're so frustrated that? right now. You're so frustrated. And I, I was pretty calm at the beginning, but yeah, you've riled me up. <laughs> because you continue to think that he... Signing with the Browns! Push it's not button, the Patriots! Push Jaren's it's button! It's not the Seahawks! It's button. the Browns! I'm happy for Mitch! Oh, oh I so love Jake Mitch! Heaps, Jake Heaps is with the Seahawks, bro! Okay? Is he still with the Seahawks? Yeah, he I, is! It's not, this is not elite? Well, you're saying, okay, but you're comparing teams. Just getting in the league, man. I'm done with this, dude. Getting the, in the league. You're arguing <laughs> week five, Mitch Matthews with the Brown, and you used elite in the same sentence. Hey, Come on. My boy Breezy just brought this up. Stefan Diggs of the Minnesota Vikings, Maryland, 2012 well, to 2014. He's I'm, in the league I'm right really now. happy you're naming a couple of guys. There are hundreds. No, no, no. no that has, they not, get into the league. I'm saying he, you asked for Thanks. a good Maryland player. Calm down. Thanks, listen. Thanks for giving me. I'm super calm. Thanks okay. for giving me the one percenters of this conversation. Stefan Diggs is playing in the league from Maryland. He's helping you because you said, tell me one other good Maryland football and player. And you That's couldn't. The guy. Someone else gave you that. I, you didn't ask me to name Maryland football players. You just said name any Maryland. I'm, I'm going you to didn't. give you players that Someone aren't else in the did. league. I'm going to give you players that aren't in the league. 
Okay. Cool. Okay, we'll do that. We've got to move on. What in the world happened to this? Now we're talking about Maryland football. Love it. It's talk radio, talk television, man. It's, it's how we get how we roll. Number three. Last one, by the way. All I got from that conversation was yell, yell, yell. Spencer saying, "I'll shave my head if Jamal's not drafted first day." No, yell, yell, yell. Did not yell. say that. Did not say awesome. that. It would be great if Jamal was drafted. <laughs> big deal, no deal. The Big Twelve board. Oh wait, or is that board? meeting on Monday. Yeah. B-O-R-E-D? <laughs> no deal. To me, it sounds like they're not going to expand at all. So Houston, Cincy, BYU, whoever. It, it doesn't sound like the Big 12 is going to expand. That's my take. It's a big deal just because it's the next thing, and we have been waiting for October 17th for a while. We're bored with it, but yes. that doesn't make it a, not a big deal. Like, we still care. It's, it's no- still a big deal. We still care. We're invested. We have to be. We have a Big 12 Update Center for crying out loud. We won't literally. Well, that's to mock the process. <laughs> Up next, the Cougar Whip Around. Three top ten finishes for a BYU golf team. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Presented by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Maryland football. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. We're two days away from BYU and Mississippi State. Countdown to kickoff starts Friday at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. If you missed our two-on-one conversation with Jamal Williams earlier in the show, it'll be on the DVR and on the podcast. Great stuff. Offense coordinator Ty Detmer yesterday said he's looking for a stronger first-half performance from the Jamal fence. Ah, the the offense. (laughs) Jamal Williams, number seven on ESPN's top ten list of the hardest players to tackle in college football this season. People tackling like teddy bears. He has the most forced missed tackles in the country with 35. Athletics. West Virginia President Gordon Gee commented on Big 12 expansion yesterday saying he's enthusiastic about expansion, but he doesn't know if it's likely or less likely. Big 12 meetings are Monday. Mm. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth had a point, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal in 12 minutes of game time against the Oklahoma City Thunder for the Dallas Mavericks. Cougars overseas. Earlier this week, Chase Fisher, who's playing in Italy, had 19 points in a game, went 4-4-7 from three-point range in a win. And Tyler Haas had six points and three rebounds for his Polish team. Golf. The women's team finished second at the Pat Lesser Harbottle Invitational. Rose Swong, Brooklyn Hawker, and Alexander White finished top ten individually. The men's team tenth at the Alistair McKenzie Invitational. Patrick Fishburne tied for sixth individually at ten under par. Our guest lineup tomorrow, Cameron Jensen, the general, and the baseball coach, Mike Littlewood. They had their blue and white game on Friday. Today's Rise and Shap brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Bob Bowlesby. Alrighty then, our elite tweet of the day answering how your win expectations for BYU change six games into the season. That freedom for choice has been in every game and will be in all the rest. Jeremy Jordan, Jeremy Jordan's hair would definitely be at risk if he bet against winning out. Hashtag step up. Winning would be awesome. Thanks to Brian Johnson and Jamal Williams. Our show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Earl Imboden.